If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Hello and welcome to the MTM Podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. Joe Chung has the week off. He's out enjoying Disney World with his lovely family, and uh, we're so happy for him. He said the crowds at Disney World this week, Mark, are absolutely insane. Worse than he's seen even before the pandemic. So uh, he's having fun. It's kind of like a mini spring break before spring break this week. A lot of schools around here had like Monday, Tuesday off, and even even a few had like the whole week off. So the Disney guy didn't plan it so well. But that's probably why he did plan it, because he has it off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does have it off. Now, uh, let's get in. Before we get into the show, just as a reminder, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You can just search MTM Podcast, or we have links to subscribe or for cards or for anything else like that at mtmpodcast.com. If you're on Apple, we'd love five-star reviews, especially if they mention Mark's laugh. They will get read on the show, oh, so boy. there you go. You want your review read? Just mention Mark's oh, laugh. Oh, yeah. That, next <laughs> week, I'll have to find it. Like uh, A couple weeks ago on a post, Like it was a, a negative review on one of uh, the posts for the podcast. I'll have to uh, share that. Okay. That was a good one. Yeah, we, we love the good reviews, though, so help us out there. Uh, I'm back uh, this week after taking last week off, been doing a road trip through uh, the southern United States, hitting up Florida, uh, got to stay at the Hyatt Regency Jacksonville, which wasn't all that impressive, Mark, but it had a really cool view of the river. And then you said, oh, you got to go to St. Augustine, which I have heard of, but I had never, you know, it wasn't, didn't register in my mind. So then we backtracked down to St. Augustine, which is the oldest, I guess, city in America, in North America. Although people, like, they complain about that, or uh, there's a fight, I don't know. But anyway, we'll just yeah. call it the oldest. So what'd you think? What'd you think of it? I liked it. It was it was neat. It was mobbed with people. Uh, they have like a official parking garage there that was full. And then, you know, I wasn't even sure if we were going to get out. And then I started like kind of turning down side streets and found one like tiny spot where I was able to parallel park in there. And so it, it actually worked out really great. And we walked along there, saw the stuff. We also went to like a plantation. Uh, so we're trying to educate Ellie as we travel. So uh, an old southern plantation where you got to learn about the slaves quarters and sort of what life was like and about the past. So we made it a little bit educational, a little bit uh, a little bit of fun. Then we continued on. You know, oh wait, you know what's funny? Uh, the shirt I'm wearing, I'm wearing a sweatshirt from Flagler University, which is in St. <laughs> Augustine. Oh, I don't know, go. did you ever see um, like uh, pictures of the, the inside of that college and stuff? It looks, it's insane looking. Like, looks like a really cool place. Yeah, we actually parked, where we parked was a block away from there. And so we didn't go inside the buildings, but we did walk a little bit of the campus. Just the buildings themselves are spectacular with this like red and white facade, definitely old and uh, yeah, really uh, impressive. They have a really nice basilica there, like a church. So yeah, I, I thought St. Augustine was awesome. We only got to spend a couple hours there. Lots of, it seems like there are really cool bars and restaurants around there as well. They have that whole pedestrian street. So. A lot of little cool, like, yeah, you can walk around, spend a whole day there, just walking around, checking out different restaurants and little shops and everything. Very cool area. 
really enjoyed it. I also like in Jacksonville, um, Atlantic Beach and Neptune Beach, where the two kind of come together, the two cities come together. There's a place called Lemon Bar that's really cool. And that whole area right there has like a neat little downtown and shopping district. Uh, My parents lived in Jacksonville for like a year and a half. So I somewhat know the area and recommend doing both those things. So now St. Augustine is also home to one of two Bucky's that are in Florida. Bucky's is that oh, viral, uh, you know, gas station <laughs> stop that you know all over Texas, and I think on social media on YouTube, it's really kind of like blown up, so a lot more people know about it. But they have everything from like their own barbecue sandwiches to their own candy to their homemade beef jerky to uh, the most delicious banana cream pie I've ever had, Mark. So uh, Bucky's was great. We actually stopped at three of them along the way: the one in Florida, one in Alabama, and then one of them in Texas as we went along. Uh, but yeah, the Hyatt Regency Jacksonville is a Category Two. Not impressed at all with that property. Uh, it looks it looks really nice, like it was renovated recently, but there's just something a little off about it. But nothing that I would complain. I would perfectly fine for a short stay. And certainly being in downtown at a Category 2, that's a pretty good value. A beautiful view of the uh, river there as well. Uh, so I like that. But then we left there and we ended up in Destin, Florida. And we stayed at True by Hilton, which is my first stay at that Hilton brand. And... I really, really was impressed by True by Hilton. It's think of it like a which is weird because you're not like the target demographic. Well, I mean, I'm an old millennial, right? I think millennials probably are, right? So I'm 39, so I'm right on the edge. I feel like I I, I say you know late 30s, we're like veteran young guys, but once we hit 40, we're we're just rookie old guys. So that's where we're heading. Yeah, it's coming quick for me. Just a few weeks uh, until I turn 40. But yeah, you, it's, you know, the way I can describe True is it's a, it's a limited service brand, so kind of like Hampton Inn, but nicer and much more modern. And they've eliminated things like, like closets and dressers and things like that, and it's all bright colors and just very modern aesthetics. And it works really well for me. What I really like, though, is the beds were great. I would say definitely a step above what you'll get at a Hyatt Place, for instance, the sheets were better than a Hyatt Place. I know that's going to trigger some people. We'll talk about uh, that a little bit later. But uh, they also had king-size pillows. So they had like two normal-size pillows and then a king-size pillow. Oh, fantastic. That's something I miss a lot when I'm staying at Hyatt's. But there's some other cool things. Like it had a breakfast is included. And it's not anything too crazy, but they had like eggs, which are powdered eggs, kind of like you get at a Hyatt Place. So not anything too good, like some meat, like sausage. It had a pancake machine like they have at the Alaska Airlines Lounge. Ooh, yes. So those are always fun. Uh, Ellie absolutely loved that. They had fruit and stuff like that. So it was, a, I would say, a comparable breakfast to many of their competitors. I wouldn't say it's a step above it. But the kind of interesting thing is, too, really nice gym. The whole lobby area is open 24 hours. They have like a 24-hour market. You can get coffee anytime. But they also have these recommendation boards from with, that the staff write, what are the cool things to do in the local area for families, for other people. Uh, cool restaurants in the areas. So you're actually getting recommendations from the local staff. And I just thought that was a great idea. And apparently they do that at every one of these true properties. And just the fact that they have staff is amazing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, They they do that. They had a laundry room there. So that was really nice because we needed to do laundry. Uh, But it just felt really nice. Like it didn't feel uh, like a kind of a budget brand. It felt very three-star-ish, very you know, Hyatt Placey on that level of like a new Hyatt Place. I really like the new Hyatt Places. I know you're a fan of them. I'm not a fan of the older Hyatt Places. Uh, they've worn me down over the years. I'll still stay at them. But this felt very, very kind of competitive and good and modern and fresh. And uh, I was very impressed by the true brand. I'm going to write a little bit more about it on the site to try to help people kind of what to expect and, and post pictures and stuff. But 
that was kind of a pleasant surprise. And it was cheap. It was like 12,000 Hilton points for the night. Which Can't wasn't beat that. Cheap. No. So, yeah. yeah, I was excited about that. Then we continued west, and we ended up in New Orleans. And, uh, I New didn't, Orleans. <laughs> I didn't plan this uh, too well. Because uh, when I looked at the Mardi Gras calendar, this is Mardi Gras season after all. I saw that, you know, they had, we were coming in yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, this is when we, this is like basically the week we had our big meetup, uh, and then the world ended, so yeah. right around this time, right? Yeah, I think we had it a little bit earlier, or maybe Mardi Gras started late, because we were there for like the week before Mardi Gras, so there was pre-Mardi Gras parades and stuff, but this is like the first weekend of Mardi Gras, and I saw that the stuff was going on Friday, Saturday, and we have a six-year-old, so I just, you know, we, we didn't want to go for Mardi Gras. So we, we get into to the city. We're staying at the Eliza Jane, which is near the Harris Casino, right near Canal Street, uh, just a few minutes from the French uh, Quarter by, by foot. There's a Hyatt-centric in the French Quarter, but that's under construction right now. Apparently, all the public spaces are closed, so I didn't want to stay there. I stayed there for the meetup a couple years ago. I'll just say, uh, as, a, as a warning here, the Centric does not compare to the Eliza Jane. The Eliza Jane is significantly more beautiful hotel. But I'll talk about that in a second. So we arrive in, I had looked, and there was a parade in the morning on Sunday, but I didn't realize that they would have all the streets closed for, for Mardi Gras, even on Sunday. And so we arrive sort of in the end of Mardi Gras. Canal Street is closed. You can't even get to the Eliza Jane. And apparently they emailed people, you know, guests ahead of time. But because I had booked the same day, I never got notice of this. So we basically drove around (laughs) for three hours because there was nowhere to go. Like there was nowhere to park. There was nowhere to stop. (laughs) Finally, like I drove down Canal Street, like towards the the Superdome to kind of get out of the main area. And we found this like side street near this Marriott uh, where we were able to go in and like use the bathroom and stuff and, and then wait for the streets to reopen. And then we got to the, to the Eliza Jane and to their credit, uh, the manager was very apologetic about that. Well, the manager on shift at the time we got there was not very apologetic. He didn't seem to care that we drove around for three hours, but the GM was. And that was really the only sort of issue we had. And that was because they he admitted that they don't look for same-day reservations to contact people. And I, I think he said that that was probably not a good idea and they'll fix that. But the Eliza Jane, it's a Category 4 Hyatt. Uh, it's in the Unbound Collection. And this property is just gorgeous. Like you walk in and the restaurant, the bar, the lobby, it is just absolutely beautiful. This has to be one of the nicer uses of a category one through four cert uh, for sure. And Shh, that means they're going to nuke it next time. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and, you know, and as, a, as a globalist, uh, there was a couple really kind of interesting perks uh, there wasn't any suites available, so that wasn't a possibility. I knew that when I booked it. Um, but valet parking is $42 a night plus tax, so it comes to $47. And obviously that's free as a globalist because they don't have self-parking. So just that is an amazing savings. And you're in a great location around a lot of stuff. And then they have a restaurant there for breakfast, but two days a week the restaurant's closed right now. So they gave us vouchers for this restaurant around the corner. It's like a local kind of place. Fantastic food like all kind of New Orleans style breakfast. And that came to like the bill for that, like $65. So just between the parking and the breakfast, we're at over like a hundred dollar value. And like I said, it's good quality breakfast and the parking, what are you going to do? You're in the middle of New Orleans, unless you want to stay outside to get free parking or something, you're not going to get cheap parking anywhere in that area. So the room was great. The, the hotel was great. I would stay there again. Only real issue was sort of that check-in clerk guy, uh, but uh, not enough to, to, be any serious issues and like i said i I stayed at the centric they are renovating the rooms right now but even i've seen the pictures of the new rooms they just don't compare they're the same price on points 
stay at the Eliza Jane. That would be my recommendation. Yeah, I know a lot of people when we had the meetup stayed at Eliza Jane and we stayed at the Centric and the Centric was nothing to write home about. The location was is maybe slightly better, more in the middle of, of things. But I mean, everything in New Orleans is like six blocks. So it's not that big of a deal to walk from there. And I just pulled up pictures of Eliza Jane. It looks really, really cool. So definitely a good spot. And then like being a little bit outside the French Quarter, not like in the heat of it might be something people look forward to anyway, where the centric is like surrounded by all that. So it can get a little bit crazier. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out next time I'm uh, down there. I got to get back. Yeah. And it's only like two blocks from the Harris Casino too. So it's closer if you're into casino stuff. Uh, Very, very close to that. And, you know, got to do some cool stuff. Walk around the French Quarter with Ellie. Show her the Mississippi River, which I think was the first time she had seen that. And The dirt? The dirt river? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, of course, eating beignets at Café du Monde. That was fun. And they had this awesome jazz band on the sidewalk right outside Café du Monde. So the line was about 30 minutes or so. But you're listening to this incredible band play and, uh, you know, get to eat the beignets and... It's a cool experience. It, the first time we visited New Orleans was with Sean Reese when he was six. So it's just a very much a, a full circle thing with LA, same age, same kind of experiences. And that was a lot of fun. It was neat to see that. We also stopped in Biloxi on the way. So on the uh, Vegas channel, I'll have some, we're going to do a show, have some videos on what to expect in Biloxi and the Harris New Orleans. So that'll be coming up if you're into that kind of stuff. I think the uh, Harris New Orleans is, is one of my favorite properties in the Caesars portfolio definitely my favorite outside of vegas and in you know top two or three even including vegas um so definitely if you're into that stuff great check out a good use for your hundred dollar dinner cert as well the steakhouse there at the front of the casino is very good always had great food there uh very cool bartenders even you know we, after the meetup we all had dinner there and they have some cool drinks and and always good food so worth checking out for sure Yep, for sure. And then so moving on from there, we end up in, we're heading down to Houston, but we end up in Beaumont, Texas. And this is just one of those road trip things. And Hyatt's not great for road trips, in my opinion, unless you're going big city to big city, because they still don't have sort of the footprint that a lot of the other brands do in these smaller towns and things like that. And you don't always want to make it all the way to the next city before you stop. So I was kind of looking at where we were going to end up stopping see Beaumont, Texas, and see that there is an Avid Hotels by IHG. Now, Avid is sort of IHG's same take on the concept of True by Hilton, like this modern, minimalist, beautiful colors, you know, open spaces for like socializing, all that stuff. So, of course, I was excited to stay there as well. But there is a difference between Avid and True. Avid, I would say, is more like a two-star hotel. Like it's it's kind of slotting itself in a little bit lower. So the, the furniture isn't as comfortable. You know, you don't have the staff recommendations. Uh, the room may be slightly less comfortable, but still pretty decent. And that was 13,000 IHG points for the night, which wasn't bad at all. And I think I got a 500 point rebate as a, as Aspire Elite. So in uh, all full disclosure, I did have Platinum Elite status for years, but I actually gave me Aspire Elite because I did a separate promotion with them. Uh, but uh, this has nothing to do with that. This is just me paying to stay there. And so I was excited to try these new brands. I like it. I like these concepts. I would rather stay at one of these hotels than an old Hampton Inn or an old unrenovated Holiday Inn Express. You know, I'm glad that we have these these yeah. brands. 
and uh, really good for a stop. I do like the new Holiday Inn Expresses, like the the newer design, you know, kind of like a grayish, sleek uh, lobby. Those those are fine. The older ones, definitely older Hampton Inns, you definitely feel like that old 90s wood panel, like the fake wood furniture everywhere and everything. Those wear you down a bit. Similar to old Hyatt places, the same schemes and, and furniture setup. So yeah, I do like these new brands. They seem to pop a little bit more. Um, even like Indigo, which is a little bit higher up for IHG versus what we're talking about. But that's like a cool new modern brand, stuff like that. So I have liked to see the shift to that. Although I'm kind of tired of them adding brands. I wish they would just, you know, repurpose what they already have, maybe like redesign that. But I guess it, it's cheaper, easier to just roll out a new brand versus trying to uh, remodify old hotels and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's probably what the case is. The one thing where Avid really kind of fell short, in my opinion, was just the breakfast. It was very basic. And I'm just going to compare it to Holiday Inn Express. It just didn't seem like it compared to what you would get at a Holiday Inn Express. It was all kind of packaged sugary stuff, uh, like cereal bars and some sugary cereals, stuff like that. And then they did have like a hot section where they had like pre-made Jimmy Dean sausage sandwiches and stuff, but there was one single like Egg McMuffin there. Like they didn't have, they did the staff, this is just the staff. This isn't the, the hotel brand's fault, but they only had one single sandwich out there for the, for the whole hotel. It was pretty dead at the hotel, but the breakfast didn't impress as much as let's say the True by Hilton. It's always funny, like hotels like that, they have the front desk person a lot of times running the breakfast, which is never a good setup. You know, you got people checking out, checking in, doing with all that stuff, and then running over to this small little kitchen that's by this breakfast area. Like you need to have a set person for that type of thing. So I think that's where they always run into that issue, trying to save a few bucks. Yeah, and this particular hotel... Again, this isn't the brand's fault. It was not as clean as I would like. Um, you know, the room wasn't as cleaned as well as you would like. But the room itself was was pretty nice. The bed was comfortable. Very minimalist, like I said. So overall, I was impressed with the brand. I'd be interested to stay in another one. I don't think that was the best example of what the brand is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm buying that. Although I, they could use the uh, cinnamon rolls from Holiday Inn Express with breakfast. That would be there you go. Uh, a big improvement. And then... You know, we went to Houston, went to the Houston Space Center, which I had always wanted to do. I'd done the Kennedy Space Center over in Florida. And for anybody who wants to go there, you can do a tour of where they train the astronauts in Houston, which is really cool. You get to see one of those Saturn V rockets, which is like one of those old 400-foot-tall rockets on its side. And they even have like a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. Those are the new rockets that NASA is now using with SpaceX. So they had one that ran two missions, so it still has all the burn on the engines and everything. So I thought that was really kind of neat to see, spend a couple of hours. I should say we also, I booked that through Chase Ultimate Rewards, the Houston Space Center, and it was like 20% off. And uh, all everything through Chase Ultimate Rewards seems to be going through Viator now, so for the tours and stuff. We also did a New Orleans Bayou tour, which was kind of lame. Like, we only saw a few gators, but it was kind of cool to get out on a boat onto the, uh, to the bayou. But... They have two kinds of boats, Mark. They have like a pontoon boat or they have the airboat, right? I wanted to do the airboat, which... Yeah, you got to do the airboat. Yeah, which is more expensive, <laughs> but that wasn't really the the deciding factor here. I was using points. Jasmine just didn't want to do the airboat. She was a little not comfortable with it. So we ended up doing what I call the granny boat, which was the pontoon boat. And uh, I after she did that, I told her when we're in Florida, we're going to do an airboat. So I think I convinced her that we'll do an airboat next time, but... I wasn't too impressed with the bayous outside New Orleans, but I guess it was cool to to get to do that. Yeah, I mean, I want it just because if a gator's coming after you, at least you can get away in an airboat. Pontoon, you're not getting away from anything. 
Well, I mean, these are big boats. I don't think you'd have to be a giant know, gator to, to do something to it. But yeah, it was it was fun. It was nice to get out on on the water. That was also booked through Chase Ultimate Rewards. So you know, you can do pay yourself back. You're getting the same value. But yeah, one and a half cents per point. I'm happy to do that. And sometimes, like I said, in the case of uh, Houston's or Space Center Houston, it was actually a discount over what you would pay just going up there. So that was really good. And then we end up in Dallas, Mark, and the ice storm of the century comes and... How's that frontier status working? Yeah, yeah, not so well. So 500 (laughs) flights were canceled, 400 of them American, some of them other airlines, including my flight on Frontier Home. And... I will say that if I was, what was booked the, on a... What was, the, what was the routing they wanted to give you as your uh, replacement flight? No, also, so when you when they say the, the flight was canceled, it's all, you know, you get an email and you can click it. And to Frontier's credit, just like American and a lot of the other airlines, it has a really nice automated system to rebook you. But this is on the 23rd that the flight gets canceled. I look at my options for the 24th and there's one single option from uh, from Dallas to Miami to Las Vegas. I was like, no, that's not happening yeah. on Frontier. <laughs> and the truth is that today, the 24th, is the worst part of the storm. So a lot more flights are getting canceled anyway. So the soonest I was able to rebook was the 25th, which is a Friday, two days later, at, on a 10 p.m. direct flight. There was a morning flight. I was a little slow, honestly, because the first time I looked, that flight was available. And then I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I should have grabbed that flight and I didn't. So that's more my fault than theirs because they did offer it. But so now it's basically a two-day trip delay. Thankfully, I booked I booked the tickets with Chase uh, Sapphire Reserve. So we should have a $500 per person insurance coverage for our hotel, for our meals and things like that. So uh, at least we're going to get uh, that taken care of. And we weren't in a huge rush. We were going to go home for a few days and then start another aspect of our trip, which is a road trip through California and stuff. So we're able to kind of shift that, and I'm hanging out here at the Hyatt Regency Dallas in uh, in downtown Dallas uh, recording this, and uh, we're going to work in here for the day. So, you know, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, book a cash rate. That'll get reimbursed. I'll earn some points, earn some extra nights, but it does suck. It was it, I was looking forward to sleeping in my own bed after a few weeks. Yeah, for sure. I, I you know, go, coming into my story next, I, I don't sleep well at hotels, so I would have preferred that i always struggle even if i'm by myself i just you know you've been on trips with me where i'll go to bed at one o'clock in the morning and wake up at five thirty-six. it's just it, it's always terrible i don't know what it is so i kind of glossed over the frontier thing but i just want to say they did offer these three options one was a refund which you know not going to take that my ticket was only 39 dollars because i have the top tier status i have all the perks and stuff but our ticket was only 39 dollars each uh, they offered if you took it as a credit they would give you an additional $25 credit so you could just Don't cancel your ticket. No, absolutely not. No, but like all these, like Spirit, Frontier, they give you that credit and then they make it like near impossible. They say, oh, it only works on the actual fare part, not taxes and fees and stuff like that. So don't ever take a credit from a low cost carrier, uh, even if they give you extra because it's almost worthless. Yeah, so not not good. And that would have probably invalidated insurance or whatever. So uh, yeah, so we took the, the reschedule and like I said, today... It's a mess here in Dallas again, so I don't think we would have gotten out of here anyway. If we were flying American, truthfully, I'm sure they would have found a way, but they had 400 flights canceled, so can you imagine the mess at the airport? This this is what happened. We were at a museum. I got the email. We rebooked it. We actually called them to see if there was any other flights or any other way other than what it was showing us. There wasn't. You know, I booked the hotel, so we didn't have to deal with, like, those things you see on the, on the news where everybody's screaming at the desk agents or... 
being upset. I think this is really where it comes in handy being a, an experienced traveler and just understanding uh, the way things are. But I'm not going to argue that American probably could have gotten us home or sooner. I'm sure they could have because they could have connected us through many other cities than Frontier. Uh, but in this case, not a huge deal. Our hotel will be paid for, our food's paid for. We're still going to get a direct flight home. You know, it, it worked out okay. I feel like uh, DFW is like the de-icing capital of the world or for whatever reason. I feel like they always have delays and de-icing issues and cancellations more so than like anywhere else for whatever reason. So I always avoid it. I fly through Phoenix if I'm, if I'm doing AA. No, I did. they definitely have a couple of big ice storms a year. And I think the last ice storm was just a month ago. So... They've had a, a worse year this year. And like by the time I, I looked, all the airport hotels were booked up because they have a nice Grand Hyatt there. We actually stayed one night uh, before a couple nights ago, our night that we arrived in Dallas at the Hyatt Regency in DFW, just because it's a Category 2 and fairly easy to get in and out of. And we wanted to do Fort Worth. It kind of sits in between everything. But that hotel booked up. All the hotels around the airport are booked up. So uh, we basically extended our rental car. I'm not sure if they're going to pay our extra days on the rental car or not. On the insurance, but well, Hertz is probably going to arrest you anyway. So yeah, I'm sure. Extending. Well, this is national, <laughs> so we'll see. Hopefully, they don't. Uh, hopefully, they don't uh, send the police after me. But uh, yeah, we, you know, we're here at the Hyatt Regency. Here, I've stayed here before. It's a decent hotel in downtown Dallas, not far from from you know some stuff. So we'll live. And uh, you know, I know people out there are saying, ah, that's what you get for Frontier. Full disclosure, maybe that's the case. But if I was flying American, they co- they canceled 400 flights too. So I'm not sure I would have gotten out flying them either. Uh, but next time, uh, don't plan or end a road trip in Dallas. Note to self in in February. I, I just didn't think it would happen, but it did. We got uh, we got bit by the uh, by the uh, weather bug. But yeah, it's been a great trip so far, and a lot of uh, a lot of fun on that stuff. And Let's talk about, uh, you've been causing some controversy this week, though, haven't you? Oh, no, I want to roll into my thing first. Okay. Yeah, so I hinted at it uh, just a minute ago. But so this weekend, we went up to check on uh, the cottage, just go up to the area, make sure the house was okay. And we're, we stayed at the Doubletree in town, which you've stayed at. One of our, one of my favorite lower end hotels, I guess, like usually 30,000 Hilton honor points. Did you say that it took you four, four stays to get a bridge view? Yeah. <laughs> There, and I got it on my only yeah. stay. I just want to point that out. You know, yeah. I got VIP status there. No, it's a nice yeah, hotel. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's right on the, the river. You got a, a view of the bridge overlooking uh, the bridge to Canada and everything. So cool little little hotel whenever in the winter because uh, the cottage is winterized. So we stay there and, you know, we, we check into the room and everything. And, you know, I got to write up an article about this, but connecting doors need to just be filled in and done away with. I know there's still quite a few hotels that have them not really put in any more but let's just like wall those off because as soon as you walked in i could hear the people next to us and i was like this is probably going to be a problem well yeah i mean uh, it, it definitely uh adds a layer of noise that you don't get if it's a solid wall yeah it's like what's the point how many people really use a connecting room i probably used like three in my life uh, i mean what's the point of them but anyway so i hear all that like and every time you're in a room and somebody's in the other room they all the kid always opens the door where's this go to and you hear it and all this stuff but Anyway, we go out, we do our thing, we come back, getting ready, the kids ready for bed and stuff around nine o'clock. And all of a sudden it sounds like eight people walk into that room and the kids are screaming. There's probably like two adults and four or five kids. Kids are screaming, you know, just all over the place at nine, nine thirty at night. I'm like, oh great. This is, you know, we're never going to get to bed. And then we hear them ordering Hungry Howie's pizza on their phone. And I'm like, okay, so they're going to be eating. This is going to be forever. Super loud. Not even just like talking, like a kid screaming top of the lungs and not once to did an adult say, hey, 
you're in a hotel, you need to calm down, quiet down, whatever. Just letting it go. So what would you do at this point? <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I complain. I don't know. Have you ever had it like this bad? Like where it's just, it's like super loud. I mean, I've had loud TVs, but I've never heard people just like, even in Vegas, like parties, music somewhat, but this was just like kids screaming at the top of the lungs. I have had it. I mean, just the other night we had it at Grand Cypress in Orlando, which it's interesting because they have signs all over the hotel that says after 10 p.m. It's like a quiet zone. And I was wondering why they have these signs. And it's because the walls in that hotel aren't particularly thick. And there was this party of people down right below, you know, in the back area, right below where our window was. And we're, I don't know, we're like, I forget what floor we were on, but we were pretty far up. And they were just laughing until like one or two in the morning. And I just wanted to go scream downstairs and scream at the front desk saying like, what are you doing? But yeah, it's, uh, I didn't, I didn't, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's not quite time, you know, quiet times usually 10 at hotels. So it's not quite there. So you can't really make an uproar about it. So my options are, of course, call the front desk and complain, which I've actually had somebody do that to me once. And it wasn't even, we were up early, like me and a buddy, and we were just talking while watching Sports Center, And they said we were talking too loud. Uh, so I got that call once. But, you know, I figured this was probably going to go until at least 11, 1130. You got the kids there and everything. And we're all in the same room. So I can't move them anywhere else, which I hate when you're in a, a regular bedroom with four people. It's just the worst sleeping environment. But so dealing with all this, so I'm running this through my head. And I'm like, even if we move rooms, we have to pack everything up. This is just terrible. So... Uh, I decided, I said, let's pack everything up. We're going home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little extreme, I guess. Uh... Yeah. I mean, because I, I had said it earlier. I was like, hey, we did everything we wanted to do. I knew I would sleep terrible in the hotel, especially with all four of us in a room. We even bring like a little cot if it's a road trip that my son will sleep on because he kicks. But it's still just, yeah, it, it never goes well. So we're only like an hour from home at this point. And I'm like, it's like 9, 9.30. We pack up. We'll be home by 10.30. Kids will fall asleep in the car somewhat. My son won't, but my daughter probably will. Um, so I just made the call at that point. I was like, if I move, you know, rooms, I'll be all, I probably won't fall asleep till like 11, 11.30 anyway, because, you know, moving all the energy and everything, you're, you're built up and then you're a little upset and angry. So I knew I wouldn't fall asleep anyway. Most people wouldn't fall asleep till 10.30, 11. So let's just go home. So you left your breakfast credits on the table? No, you didn't, right? Did you get to use your <laughs> no. credits? Yeah, I mean, because it was Hilton, so we ended up, we had uh, we had planned to go somewhere locally for breakfast anyway, so I was like, oh, you know, we got back from dinner, and my daughter's like, oh, what about dessert? And I was like, hey, we have credits, so they ended up going to the restaurant and having a couple pieces of cake or something like that, so we still use the credits, and that, that's one of the things I like about the Hilton program. I mean, you lose value, for sure, but the flexibility of it, you can do something with it, even if you're going to be leaving in the morning, so we still got all that, but I walked down to the desk at, like, I walked at, like, quarter to ten, I go there, I give her my key. I say, hey, you're going to have a problem with room 322, but we're leaving. <laughs> she gave that look like, oh, okay. Didn't ask any more details. I said, you know, there's a lot. It sounds like there's six kids in there having a party. You're probably going to have a part, uh, problem. And she just said, okay. And that was it. I was like, wow. Well, she we didn't want to know more because once she knows more, then she has to yeah. do something about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Like when we were packing up, I turned on the TV like and cranked it up loud. And I was like, I'm just going to face this to their room and leave it on all night when I left. But then I, f I ended up turning it off because I felt bad. Like if the room next to us was occupied on the other side, then they'd be like, what are these people doing with the TV on so loud? But I really wanted to just leave it on. Hotel neighbor revenge. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it stinks. I mean, uh, it, it happens in hotels, but it does stink when people don't follow the rules and 
It's interesting. What what makes you what made you decide to stay there in the first place, and as opposed to just driving home? Just because I figured, you know, we we wanted to eat dinner and hang out in the area, and the kids wanted to swim and everything. So we did all that. But by the time you get done with it, it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock, and you're like, oh, I don't really feel like going home. And it's winter, so you never know what the weather's going to be like at night. So you know, we kind of do like a little staycation. Everybody else enjoys it. I hate it because I can't sleep, but mainly so we could use the pool and and kind of make a a night of it and a little getaway, but. We ended up going home anyway. And I think everybody was happy because they woke up in their own bed and felt rested and everything. So it ended up working out for the best. Yeah, sometimes that happens. You know, sometimes you have a plan and it sounds great. And then when it happens, you're just like, no, you're not feeling it. And I've done that where I've driven home early and it is what it is. You know, that's the beauty of this hobby, right? You're not spending crazy amounts of money. You spend points, but you know, you got to, like to your point, the Hilton credit, you got a little bit of value out of that. Yeah, if I had paid like 200 bucks cash, there's no way I'm leaving, but you know. (laughs) With points, you're like, okay. I mean, 30,000 points still has a value, but, you know, we we still got to swim and all that. So it just hurts less, I guess, especially Hilton, because you rack them up like nothing. Yeah, it it could be nice. That's one of the reasons I was so excited about that true property. And, you know, I'm having to get beyond, like, Hyatt. And we're going to talk about Hyatt's devaluation a little bit and then some other interesting things. uh, Because, you know, this road trip, like, I've just had a you know, my first thing is always open that Hyatt app and search because I've been a Hyatt globalist uh, slash diamond for seven years now. And for a lot of those years, I was really sort of pushing myself to get the status. This year, or even the last few years, I've had enough travel where that hasn't been a huge issue, either their promotions or like in 2019, I just had a ton of travel. This year, I'll have a ton of travel. So I really won't struggle to get those nights. But uh, it's been interesting to like, oh yeah, I have Hilton diamond status and I have, you know, a decent amount of Hilton points. Oh yeah, I have some Marriott points and I have, you know, Marriott platinum status. Oh yeah, I have IHG Spire status, you know, and IHG points. Not a ton of them, but I have some of them. And to be able to like change the way I I think about it. And we're going to talk about that, but let's talk about the Hyatt devaluation real quick, because I don't believe it was covered on the show before. Was it last week? No, no, it came at the, all that stuff came out after we recorded last week. Okay. So Hyatt announced category changes and Some hotels went down categories, some hotels went up categories. There's definitely not all bad here. But the big news really was the Category 8, which they introduced back when they had their SLH partnership. And they basically said at that point, there's these really aspirational properties that have high nightly rates, and we need this 40,000 point per night tier in order to put these these hotels in that category. And at the time they launched it, none of their own properties, except for like special ones, like for instance, Miraval or something, were in that. Um, So basically all the Hyatt properties were Category 1 through 7, Category 7 being 30,000 points. Category Eight now is 40,000 points, a full 25% more. Or as you point out, if we value Hyatt points at 1.5 cents each, that's like $150 more in points. So during this change, what does Hyatt do? They add their most aspirational properties, the ones that everybody talks about redeeming for, things like Alila, Ventana, Big Sur, Andaz, Maui, Park Hyatt, New York, Park Hyatt, Kyoto, Park Hyatt, Sydney, of course, the famous Park Hyatt Paris Vendome, the one in Milan as well, and a few others. They move them all up to category eight. Just a a bloodbath on the high-end redemptions. And globalists who get to 60 nights, so once you stay for 60 nights, you get a category one through seven certificate. That used to be good at every one of these Hyatts, and now it's not. So it's definitely a devaluation even for their best customers who are staying 60 nights in their hotels. Yeah, and and I found it interesting that category eight, like everything else, you know, from one to two is three thousand, from two to three is four thousand points, from three to four is three thousand points more, and then it goes in five thousand point chunks, 
and they go from a seven to an eight, they they slap down ten thousand points, which is you know two nights in a category one, one night in a category two, almost a category three. It's a substantial jump, and in, you know why'd we skip thirty five thousand points if you wanted to add it? And this all goes after they already hit us with like a twenty percent increase at popular times with peak and non peak pricing. So it was like a double whammy, and you know even the category eight hotels they they moved a lot of properties that we loved in the category four hotels to category four, five. So you can't use those certs anymore. Stuff like uh, the Hyatt Regency Chesapeake Bay, uh, Guild Hall in New York City, which was like the only place you could use a cert in New York City, things like that. And this has been going on for a couple of years now where they've moved all these category fours. You know, the one in Florida, they just moved the one in uh, San Antonio area up that was a, a favorite for families. So all these resorts that were like, you know, $250, $300 a night, perfect for a category four certificate, kind of, you know, on the, the price point, very similar to what you would expect for category four. And they've seen us, you know, use them there, redeem them there, and they bumped them all up. So there's basically, no real legit resort in the u.s that you can use for category four cert i don't i don't feel like yeah i don't maybe there is and we're just not doing it but yeah they also like the confidant in miami beach um, as you mentioned the hyatt regency hill country in texas a lot of these great redemptions uh for the certs are, are not there anymore you know there's still a lot of good options right there's still a lot of category four hotels um but there's some other ones too like hyatt regency grand cypress hyatt regency orlando international airport those both uh, went up from category three to four um, and, you know, Hyatt Place Moab, I think, went up two categories. So even the ones in Las Vegas went up to category three from category two, which seems pretty excessive considering their midweek rates. So, yeah, I, I think that perhaps some of this stuff is kind of an anticipation of the, the big boom of travel we're about to see, uh, where they expect rates to be for a lot of these highly touristy areas like in Orlando, Las Vegas, um, Guild Hall, of course, in New York City. That one hurts uh, because, like you said, it was the yeah. only Category 4, uh, but that's not going to happen anymore. I just looked it up. It was the uh, Coconut Point was the one I was talking about. In Florida. Oh, yeah. That was a Category 4 a couple years ago, and they moved it up, which was a favorite. So basically everything that's a favorite of everyone ends up getting moved to a 5 at some point. Yeah, and you know there were some that went down. Um, Grand Hyatt Macau, the Hyatt Regency Hong Kong went down. Um, you know The one in Amsterdam, which I thought was overpriced for what it was. So yeah. a lot of these just came and back lot- to where, where they should have been in the first place. Well, and I think when the Amsterdam one first came out, it was a category uh, four. So they moved it up, then they moved it back down. And I know uh, uh, Grand Cyprus was a four, then it went back to a three, but I think it is more legit a three. Um, and I, I like the higher Regency on International Drive better anyways, which stayed at a three. So there's your value in Orlando, I think. I really love the airport hotel. I, I can't see spending 15,000 points on it, even though I really enjoy that property. Just seems like it's a bit of a stretch. But yeah, pricing... You know, I was pricing out a weekend in Chicago and, you know, Chicago is usually one of the the more affordable big cities. And just for a random weekend in June, it was like $600 a night for the Hyatt, just the regular Hyatt. And everything was five to $600. It's crazy. Yeah. Cash prices are getting crazy in in high demand areas. Some of it, I think, is an anticipation, like I said, of of the boom that's coming. And some of it is because the demand is already there. So uh, book your hotels soon, or at least lock in stuff that you can get. And I think, when do these changes take effect? In March 22nd, is it? Yeah, March 22nd. Okay, so Mark, let's get into the to the part that's going to be fun for, for us, I guess, and maybe not for everybody else. I don't know. Trigger warning, because apparently people get really triggered when you say that maybe a status that's that they like is uh, not for you. Let's just start. You know, on this show, we do the Vegas show, I spent many years getting used to you triggering me and uh, getting me all defensive and it's something that you <laughs> well, love to do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do anything like that. What are you talking about? 
So, uh, you know, maybe I'm just desensitized to it, but I have been a Hayek globalist slash diamond for seven years. And I only say that because you wrote an article saying I'm giving Hayek globalists the boot after just one year and you explain why. And I absolutely 100% agreed with you. I didn't see anything that was in that article that attacked me as somebody who finds value in the status, as somebody who has gone out of their way to spend more money, right? Because that's the secret of elite status. Sure, you can shortcut some stuff with status matches and stuff, but if you really are pursuing a status, chances are you're spending more money to do it, right? You're going yeah. to a hotel differently. You're, you know, you're going out of your way. Um, you're trying to find value, let's say, in breakfast when maybe you wouldn't have eaten breakfast uh, in the first place, things like that. So you said, you laid it out. I'm not going to go through everything, but you said why after you know the year of having Hyatt Globalist, why you don't plan to pursue it this year. And let's start with this. Like a lot of people seem to get triggered by that. Like what were, what were their issues with it? Yeah, it was weird. Um, and I even said, you know, Hyatt Globalist is, I still think, the best hotel status out there. And it's not even really that close. And I, I see why people find a lot of value in it. And so it's not like I was saying, oh, this is overrated garbage. People are just propping this up and you're, you're all fools or suckers. You know, I said, hey, this is great status. It just isn't great for me, you know, because I, I, I stay a lot at, you know, limited service properties like the Hyatt Place, Hyatt House, because they're category one twos. You're saving points. Plus, a majority of Hyatt is Hyatt places. Like if you look at their overlay, if you're outside a major city, you're pretty much going to be staying at a Hyatt place. Like that's just what it is. And they're a huge chunk of their portfolio is. So if you're, you know, not in a metropolis, then you're going to be staying there. You don't really get any perks of status uh, when you're staying at those properties, you know, because breakfast is included with everybody. They don't charge for parking, stuff like that. So I touched on all these things, you know, like free parking is a huge perk, but I don't rent cars a lot. Um, so it doesn't really add much to me. You know, if there is a property, like if I'm going to Hawaii or something where it does make sense, there's guest of honor that you can use, uh, you know, so hopefully Sean will help me out when that happens. And that's like once or twice a year. And I always earned Explorer. So I'd have lounge access certs for um, any time that I needed breakfast, uh, you know, a family of four, like if we're staying at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando, I can use the cert. We go out for breakfast. But I mean, let's be honest, The if you're eating the breakfast in the lounge, is it that much better than a Hyatt place breakfast. Like people are making it seem like it's this great thing. And when you're staying at a park Hyatt and stuff like that, but if you're going to a lounge, it's, it's a similar level. It, I mean, slightly better, but not anything to write home about. Yeah. Especially lately uh, in the U S like I was just at, you talked about the Hyatt Regency on international drive and we stayed there for a night uh, when we were in Orlando and they reopened their lounge. When we were there in December, we had our diamond meetup there for our Patreon Diamond group. And, you know, everybody got these great vouchers. So you had a hot breakfast in the diner or they had all these grab and go options and it was really good. And now that they've reopened the lounge, yeah, there's some food at night, but their lounge offering is very, very basic. And, you know, they had like one hot item and then, you know, pastries and bagels and stuff like that. So it definitely was a downgrade in my opinion from the, from the other things. So uh, as these lounges start to reopen, yeah, you're not getting the best thing. Now, internationally, they tend to be much better. You tend oh, to yeah, get much, sure. much more robust uh, thing. But, you know, there's also something that people need to take into account, right? Last year, you could qualify for Globalist with, like, as little as 15 nights and even less with credit card spend and everything else. So for a lot of people like you, why wouldn't you do that, right? You'll yeah. probably get the benefit out of what you put into it. But this year, you know, you're talking 60 nights. It's a whole different calculation and you really have to make sure that you're going to get the value out of that. 
And I don't understand why anybody would get upset about you writing about it because your article actually goes through all the reasons why you would want it. And, you know, does that apply to you? Does it not? And really giving a think about that. But yeah, I mean, some of the some of the responses on, especially in our Facebook group, were very surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, somebody indirectly said I was, uh, you know, not classy enough to have globalists, which I found kind of funny. But yeah, that's what was crazy about it. Because I, I said, you know, my whole purpose of writing the article was everybody needs to re- constantly be reevaluating everything. And you need to make decisions based on what's best for you. You know, not just because Hyatt globalist status is the best status doesn't mean it's the best status for you. You know, if you're not maximizing it, then you're just spending money for no purpose. And I said in my article, uh, you know, the cost outlay was like $400 to get the status. And I knew over a two year period because you earn it for that year plus the next year and then until February of the following year. So it's even over a little bit over two years. During that time frame, I get way more than $400 worth of value. But when you're talking about 60 nights, that's a whole different calculation. You know, we're talking thousands of dollars now, and I don't see that I would get that. And, you know, the whole point was just because it worked for you last year doesn't mean it will work for you this year. You know, maybe you are going to be staying at a whole bunch of Park Hyatts and stuff over the next year. So you you strive, you push a little bit extra, you spend a little bit more money to get that status. But the following year, you're not going to be going places that has a lot of Hyatts or has lower end Hyatts. And you you know your kind of outlay for the next year. And you're like, hey, it's not going to be worth pursuing for this year. So you need to look at it each individual year and you need to look at what's best for you. Because when we write about this stuff, we're writing for the masses. We're not writing for you specifically. So we're saying, hey, Hyatt is a great program it has great value, but it doesn't mean it will work for your situation. So take the information you're given and then apply it to your own situation versus just saying, oh, everybody says this property's great or this program's great. So I'm going to sign up for it and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to get this credit card because they say the Amex Gold's the best. Maybe you don't spend any money on groceries or, or, or have a way to, to increase that or then that card sucks for you. So, you know, that that's what I was trying to go for. And everybody like lost their mind a bit. And the funny thing is the people that lost the, their mind the most was, you know, the influencers or the people that write about this stuff. And that's because we play a role in all of this. And it's something that we need to look at ourselves. Next week, we're going to talk uh, when we have Joe and the three of us are together again about independent blogs and, you know, something uh, that One Mile at a Time wrote and really the state of the industry here as we move into this sort of influencer centric industry and one of the things we've always valued here, or I personally valued, and I know you do too, is different voices. Our team is diverse. We have different kind of approaches to life, different interests. And that's why I can say, oh, I've gladly had Hyatt Globalist for so many years, and I think I've gotten benefit out of it. And you can say no. And yeah, I really sort of question influencers or people who are trying to build a brand and they can't even see the other side of it. They can't even see that perhaps somebody isn't exactly like them. It really surprised me. And let's just say, I hope this opens people's eyes because, you know, you wrote about this. I talked about it on Twitter. You know, groupthink in the hobby has gotten worse over time. It's always been sort of a thing with the Maldives. And, you know, you wrote another article this week, is Alila Ventana Big Sur becoming the new Maldives? And people get influenced in this hobby and they really go out of their way to do things. And does it make sense for them to do it? Or are you just doing it because everybody else is doing it? Adia, you know, the deal mommy a long time ago, made up this term called Vendoming, you know, basically saying that she didn't get the the hype of the Park Hyatt Paris Vendome. And, you know, everybody had to go stay there. And really, this this happened in the hobby. Everybody wants to go run to the latest thing. And by the way, Hyatt Globalist status is that latest thing too, right? Everybody loves it because of all the promotions and now everybody has it. 
But a couple years ago when it was just some of us out there, you know, people didn't seem to care nearly as much. And it didn't seem to be as much of their identity. And now it really is. Don't let your elite status be your identity. You know, that's the, that's the thing. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. And if you stop paying the company and you stop doing the stays, you just go back to being a regular Joe. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, the, you know, the, the thing I wanted to point out with that article was more, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to Maldives or going to Big Sur or, you know, it, everybody says great things about it. So I'm not going to say it's not a great place. And I don't want to, you know, say, don't go there. That's not what I'm trying to get out. And that's what I put in there. Like, don't get it twisted. This isn't about Big Sur. It's a, you know, it's not even about the property. It's about the hobby and, and looking at yourself like, hey, everybody loves the Maldives. Let's go. It looks beautiful. And it does. But if you're not a beach person, if you don't want to be stuck at a resort for a week, if you hate that, if that sounds bad to you, then don't go. And But there's people that have that went because, oh, I want that for IG or everybody's talking about it. So I got to go check it out, you know, because when I go to the meetups, they're like, hey, have you been to the Maldives? And I kept saying no. And I felt like lesser than. So I went and I hated it, but hey, at least I checked that box. And this was all sparked off a guy, a buddy saying, hey, I, you know, uh, just picked, I finally booked Big Sur. Like, finally, not like, oh, finally I found space. It was like, oh, I'm finally checking that off the box. And I just want people to realize, you know, there's nothing you need to check off the box. You don't need to go to countries or hotels or, or get airline miles and certain programs because everybody does it or fly this uh, airline's first class because everybody says it's the best. Like, if you want to because that interests you, great, go do it. But if you're doing it just because you feel like uh, when you're talking to others, they look at you differently, that's kind of sad. And I think we play a role of this as people that write for a website and write travel. You know, we're guilty of it. If something's big and popular, we want to go cover it. That's part of the job. And we have to realize, you know, that. And I think that's why it hit a little close to home for some people that that are in this hobby and write for it and and do things like that because they realize, hey, I'm part of this problem, even indirectly. And I don't think you can fix that because that is the job, you know, giving people interesting content for them to look at. But you have to also realize that you there's a dark side to it, a dark undertone and acknowledge that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging that. No, not at all. And we should all strive to kind of open our horizons and the more you travel, the more you realize the world is a big, big place and there's all kinds of cool things to discover. And for me, like the best travel experiences are the ones that I sort of discovered by accident, not the ones that have been hyped up by everybody else. I'm sure Ventana Big Sur is great, but I haven't, you know, I live in Nevada. I haven't made a huge effort to go there um, just because of where I'm in life. It's hard for me to leave my daughter behind and go up there and do that. And, and you know, I've had similar experiences. It's fine, you know. The, fu- the funny thing is I was like, we were talking about doing a California baseball trip, like going to LA, hitting those stadiums, then going up to San Francisco with Connor. And I was like, hey, you know, it's right on the way. Why wouldn't I stop there? It does look like an amazing property. So I was planning on checking out if the award space was there. So I'm not like shaming anybody that wants to go there or has enjoyed it. I just want to make that perfectly clear. Like I probably will go there at some point. I'm just not... Like, I don't want you to feel like you have to just go places that you want to because, you know, it matches up with the way you travel or what you want to see. But don't ever have the miles and points niche make you feel lesser than because, you know, and somebody made a comment today. Oh, people make me look if I don't fly international business class that I'm not a good traveler. Like, I enjoy more domestic travel. That's great. And the fact that anybody feels that way is kind of sad. It really is. And we've talked about, you know this sort of stuff over and over again over the years. And I think it's a worthy message to put out there. And I personally look when I'm consuming other people's content to see 
that they have more of a wider view of things and not just trying to say, oh, look at this fancy suite that I have and trying to sell the dream of something. You know, travel itself is such a gift and the fact that we've been able to live in a country where we can do this and been able to stumble upon a hobby that allows us to stay in these beautiful places and do the things that are fulfilling to us and our families, whatever those are, that's amazing. And let's not look down on other people because what they value is different than what I value. Or let's not let Mark, what he likes in a hotel, attack me, Sean, because I tend to travel differently and I like different things. Let's just sort of celebrate that we can do that and the world's a diverse place. And I know that I learned from Mark, you know, he gives me different perspectives as do a lot of other people. And, you know, that's what I look for. And, and, I, and I hope that you guys do too. I hope that, they, that you appreciate um, that we're trying to not only tell you what works for us, but give you different perspectives. And yeah, you don't have to feel bad. Like you don't have to feel bad if you fly coach. You don't have to feel bad if you fly coach to Dubai. I almost did that. Um, I pulled a plug on the Dubai trip. I mean, just you, because... your body, your body will feel bad. After, yes. But... <laughs> yeah. But if you do what you got to do, right. You know, you can yeah, for sure. maintain your, your balances. You do what works for you. You don't have to feel bad because somebody MSs 10 times what you do or because they have more of a balance. You know, we're all on some level, cheap people trying to, you know, find outsized value in the world and trying to achieve our travel dreams for pennies on the dollar, something that, you know, that I used to use as a tagline. And I'm not going to look down on my nose at anybody else. And I'm not going to put up with people who <laughs> look their, their nose at me or anybody else. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And uh, that's it. You know, don't, don't be married to this. These are companies too, by the way. Hyatt's a company. I love their hotels. They might devalue their whole program next year, cut it all apart. And then what will happen? You know, how many people were SBG loyalists? What's, what are they doing now that Bonvoy is taking over? You know, I still cry on my pillow. That's <laughs> as we all do, as we all do. But yeah, I mean, we'd love to hear what you guys think. Uh, there's obviously some discussion in our Facebook group uh, and also in our Diamond Patreon group uh, as well. And uh, we, uh, like I said, next week, we're going to talk more about like independent blogs and, and some of the challenges in this new world when we have all this corporate quote unquote competition. Um, but a lot of the, the corporate entities getting into this game and the messages that they're putting out, because a lot of them are in bed with the, with the travel brands and stuff like that. And it becomes very difficult. We've done campaigns with travel brands too. So, you know, we try to be as sort of transparent as possible, but there's all kinds of issues that we're dealing with. And all we can do is try to like pull back the veil and help people figure out what works for them, make their life better, achieve their travel dreams, spend some time with their family. Like that's pretty damn amazing. Yep. For sure. All right. Well, this was a, a longer show than normal, but I think it was fun to to talk Joe's about okay with stuff. it because he doesn't have to edit it. <laughs> yeah, Sean has to get off right now. And the show, yeah, coming out a little bit later in the day because we had to record it on the day that it's actually coming out due to my my travel stuff. But Joe's in Disney World. You can find all of his stuff at asthejoeflies.com or find him on social media at asthejoeflies. Mark, where can people uh, angrily tweet at you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me mark at miles to memories.com. Uh, just had a post go out today talking about the MTM Vegas YouTube channel, past a couple milestones, uh, 5 million views and 25,000 subscribers. So that's pretty cool. If you like Vegas or you like uh, just hanging out with us, uh, listening to us chat about travel stuff, uh, definitely check it out. How about you, Sean? Yeah, and if you really do enjoy the travel, I've been back on Instagram, the Miles to Memories Instagram account, uh, full of my travel stuff. So hotel reviews, things I'm doing. I'm trying to keep it miles and points related. So if you are on Instagram, follow us at Miles to Memories. We're also on TikTok. So there's some TikTok videos 
going out and everywhere on social media at Miles to Memories. I promise Sean doesn't dance in TikTok. Don't worry about it. Not yet. Not yet. I'm working my way up to that. You know, I'm still uh, testing the waters, but uh, you can find uh, a lot of the stuff on either one of those channels. But then Twitter, of course, for all of our uh, our posts and discussions. And we have our Diamond Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. If you want bonus content, you know, those group meetups, all that good stuff that we have, private Slack uh, for $15 a month. Dive in a little deeper into the world of miles and points. And thanks so much, everybody uh, who listens, watches our other show, you know, supporting the YouTube channel too. We really appreciate it. And uh, next week, uh, Joe will be back. You'll have the three of us together. Should be fun. Yes, it'll be fun. See you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.